Welcome to The Swifterhood, a podcast all about Taylor Swift's lyrical genius. Whether you've known from her debut album that she's had a place in this world or her folklore has become your evermore recently, we are here to faithfully and wholeheartedly deconstruct each song lyric by lyric. All right. Welcome to this special episode where we have Akira back to talk about Beyonce. Hello, Akira. Hello, Erin. Thanks for having me again. And I always am excited to talk about my favorite person, Beyonce. I'm so happy that you're able to come back. It's awesome to have you back. Um, And if you all are wondering where Morgan has been and why we're doing special episodes, it is because her grandfather passed away. So she just has a lot going on right now. So we're doing a few special episodes and different types of content just to give her a little bit more time to figure things out. But Akira, my first question for you is how did you become a Beyonce fan? So I have always been a fan of Beyonce starting with Destiny's Child when I was younger, uh, just following the group, loving their music and the dances. My best friend and I would be in the kitchen do mimicking all the dance moves they used to do in their videos so it was really exciting and so I've always just been a fan of Destiny's Child to start out with and then when she came out with her first album the song Diva came out and that really made me like a super Beyonce fan so I would say between those two is when I really just started loving her so much so yeah Destiny's Child that's that was my other question I was going to say did you love Destiny's Child so much I remember listening to them when I was little and that Charlie's Angels, when yes. the Charlie's Angels song came out, Independent Women. Yes. So definitely that song. Um, also Survivor, um, some of their earlier songs when they had more members, I think it was five members or so. I just always loved their music. It's It's always been just centered around women and independence. And I think her message now really also parallels with the message that Destiny's Child was sending when they were a group in the past. How old was she when she got started? Do you know? I think she was around 14 or 15. So she's been in the industry for most of her life. Oh my God. Yeah. She's young. She was really young. I think her parents were also in the industry, specifically her dad and her mother used to make their costumes and clothes. So her mom's been a big part of it as well. I didn't realize that I because I was sort of thinking of Destiny's Child as, you know, seemed like she was like in her early 20s or something. They were young teenagers at the time. So I know it was probably maybe 17 or 18 when they started getting really big. But she's been in the industry for longer than that. I didn't I did not realize that. I also forgot there were extra members of Destiny's Child. Yeah, I think it was five of them and they still are out making some of them are still making music. Um, Some of them are not. But it's interesting because Michelle Williams from the later version of the group just released some video of them talking. It, it was her, Michelle and Kelly with Beyonce talking and just supporting each other. And Michelle released it on Instagram, I believe. And it was just the audio of their, uh, the audio of their conversation. So I think that was really cool. Just showing how they still support each other, even though they're not a group anymore. That's adorable. You're right, though. They've always had an amazing message, like from the very beginning. I love that, that like, she's always been grounded in her 
in her values and is clearly a family person. She's definitely always been a family person. You can tell that she keeps her personal life to herself um, and she doesn't share a lot of her details with the fan base. And I think that's something that I certainly really love about her is that she just is in the media when she needs to be. And when she doesn't need to be, she kind of lays low. And there's been a respect for that, at least for me. Um, a lot of people kind of want to know all the things that goes on in her life. But I love the fact that even with all the the limelight that she has and her being in the media, she still keeps her family life separate. And I think that's something that her parents instilled in her back when, you know, she was a teenager. And that's something that they've always upheld and really supported throughout her career. I, I, I think like you can't really be that famous and be happy and have that much of your life exposed. Yeah. And that's what I love too, because really it it's a boundary. And I think I respect that. And I love the fact that she doesn't give in to it and she keeps that personal life separate than her her entertainment persona, so to speak. So I, I really love that about her. Do you remember when she got together with Jay Z? Yeah, it was sort of like a hush hush thing at first and then when they started coming out with music together and her first album titled Beyonce the crazy and love song and then Jay-Z he's made many songs about her since then but it wasn't a shock really to me I mean it seems like they're both they're definitely a power couple and they dominate yeah. <laughs> the industry in rap and R&B um, and just the entertainment industry so I love them together um a lot of people don't, but really? Oh, well, there's the whole history, you know, that you could talk about with their relationship and infidelity and stuff. But they set the example for that can happen, but then you can work through it. And I also thought like by putting it out there, that was probably the better way to deal with it. So it's like, OK, it's out there, but we're working through it. Yeah. And I think it's out there, but. I don't think anyone really knows all the details. No. Uh, you can't find a lot of it online. And that's just how they kind of handle their personal life. I mean, to a certain extent, they couldn't hold it out of the media entirely. But as much as they could, they did. Yeah. And she must have a really good team that's very loyal and doesn't leak anything. I wonder how that ever that information ever got out then. Because for me, the only way I know about it is from Lemonade. So she definitely talks about it in Lemonade. And before she came out with that album, they were actually working on an album together and they were going to release an album together. But I think that's when everything um, started coming out about his infidelities and they just started working on their own separate albums, which is when we saw Lemonade. But before that, I don't know if you remember the video of Solange in the elevator Oh, that, right. I think that has okay. something to do with it as well. And then after that, she came out with the flawless remix where she talked about um, a bill. Of course, shit goes down when there's a billion dollars on the elevator, I think is the lyrics. And she sort of alludes to just 
things happening in their personal life, but not really giving out all the details. So she addressed the video because she hadn't addressed it before then. I think that's the only time that she really talks about it. And that's the first time that she had spoke about it since the video was released. And then everything kind of went away. And then after that, we saw Lemonade come out. Lemonade was a freaking journey. Yeah, it was awesome. And I think that a lot of people really... We should probably explain what that is in case someone doesn't know. Yeah, so Lemonade was a visual album where she talks about really her experience with handling Jay-Z's infidelities and the different um, feelings she went through, feeling alone, guilty, empowered. She wanted to leave him at one point and then eventually them coming back together and handling it as adults and as a married couple and I guess that being the best thing for them to move forward and so it really it really is a journey and I think the fact that it was a visual album allowed for you to have a little bit more intimate relationship with the with the music itself so it was awesome right I don't know I see like I guess I just have empathy for people on every side of a scenario you know and I felt like with the visual album I was able to experience it like I was with them and it it just made me hope that they would be able to to get through it and come out stronger which it looks like they did you know Uh, I also think that she is a true artist because that was incredible the video like the visual that went with it like the underwater stuff yeah, and also the poetry as well. There was uh, poetry throughout the whole thing, and it was it was really amazing just to see it as one big film with the music, uh, the poetry, the all the black bodies that were in the film. It was predominantly black people in all the music videos. It was just great. There was family relationships, um, all the things. So. Well, that sort of leads me into my next question, which is, do you have a favorite Beyonce album? I do. So I don't think anything can really top her very first album, which is just titled Beyonce. And then after that, I would say Lemonade. Mm. Those are my two favorites. And I'm assuming that you watched The Lion King that just came out. Oh, yeah. Pretty I, well, well, I cried during Brown Skin Girls. Oh, oh, my goodness. That video showing just all the little brown girls yeah. um, and them just being proud of their skin and their beauty, regardless of the different stereotypes that happen in society and what brown women have faced up to this point, just being overlooked just because of their skin color. So just to see those little children and that music video really just loving the skin that they're in and their bodies it was so amazing yeah it was beautiful that (laughs) that made me cry too i cried a lot in the lion king one like it was really good and i think also just the fact that it showed her collaboration with artists that were of african descent in africa was really important because i know she's been sort of bashed because she shows African heritage in her music videos, but it doesn't show what happens in the background. And so 
the Lion King, the film shows her actually in the studio with African artists working together with them. And it shows the behind the scenes from which she's gotten sort of some backlash in the past about it. I thought the backlash was about sort of, I forget what the term for it is, but like when you're oversimplifying a bunch of cultures into one. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I think some of that came from, I think it was in the Lemonade video when I forget what specific song it was on when they had the tribal signs painted on their faces. Um, And so sort of appropriation, but you know, to each his own, there will always be people that has negative things to say about her. But I personally think that she does her best with including everyone and and you're never going to um, make everyone happy. But I do like the fact that in The Lion King, you saw the background in her working with the artists. And also there is some footage on YouTube on the Run the World video music video she flew in two artists from africa to teach her dancers the dances that they do in that video right and so she found these two amazing dancers choreographers in africa and she actually flew them to the u.s and they taught her dancers those that's dances. so cool but that's what i was going to say about cultural appropriation and i know that you're pretty knowledgeable on the topic because you did your undergraduate thesis you wrote it about that, right? Yeah, appropriation of black dance culture in the media. And I I think that if you're actually taking the time to learn about the heritage and you're trying to uplift that culture, even if you're not a part of that culture, you're celebrating it. And that's that's the intention, I think, is the difference. Yeah, and there's definitely a fine line. Um, Some people just do it to make profit off of it, which obviously isn't okay. Um, But I think it's the fact that sometimes you just don't see what goes on in the background. You just see the the end product. And I think that's that was what the disconnect was there. But you realize when you watch Homecoming that her thing, her entire career has been about uplifting people of color the entire time and like supporting HBCUs and all of that. Yeah, that's what's so awesome when she comes out with these documentaries is that you see what goes on in the background because she really doesn't do a lot of interviews. She doesn't do a lot of um, media coverage. And you really only see her when she gives us her final products. So the homecoming documentary, the YouTube videos about her flying people in from Africa, the Lion King um, visual album, all those are really good examples of how she incorporates different cultures in their most authentic form and we can really see the behind the scenes whereas before we we weren't really getting that we were just getting the final product but that really has been her her thing from day one yeah and it's i think it's something that she's been doing all along we just hadn't seen it right the homecoming documentary basically what i learned from that was what i already knew beyonce is queen like she is the queen Yeah, she works her ass off. And that's probably what I love the most about her. She doesn't feel like she deserves anything. She works hard as hell for the things that she has. She builds a team. She uplifts women. She really is supporting the black community. Um, She's just amazing Mm -hmm. and an inspiration to me for sure. Yes, the uh, way that she incorporated HBCUs for the marching band and that whole production of homecoming 
was incredible. Yeah. And a lot of people, they just don't see that because the HBCU culture is something that is just, you know, sometimes a part of the HBCU experience. I know um, I know about it just because, um, you know, my sister, she went to Howard. So she went to an HBCU. And I guess just being a black person, you just know about different HBCUs and, you know, um, a little bit about their culture. But the fact that she did that during Coachella, which is a predominantly white audience, was amazing because she brought that culture and that heritage um, to an audience that really probably had no idea what goes on in an HBCU and how um intricate the band is and the dancers and everything so it was amazing yeah, it was awesome talk about education like that that was when they were calling it um beachella yeah the beachella <laughs> yeah i mean she really took that over that was not even their own festival anymore like yeah that was just beyonce <laughs> yeah it really was there was nothing else it was just beyonce like that shook the world i feel like she's had quite a few of those moments where she just I think so, too. But I think that probably might be the most impactful just because of the audience being predominantly white and her bringing that black culture to that space. Mm -hmm. Very important because she's educating people. I'm trying to think back now about what is the first time I can think that she like shook everything. I know off the top of my head, I can think like Lemonade when that came out. Mm. Everybody... Yeah. <laughs> like it broke the internet yeah i think lemonade i think her first uh visual album that came out was one of i think before her michael jackson had did it before with one of his albums but i think she may have been the first of sort of the current time to do it um and then probably her super bowl performance which was really amazing oh the lights went out that's what it was remember when she performed at the super bowl and the lights went out after she performed and they didn't have power, like the power went out. Mm -hmm. And I think Jay-Z tweeted, he said lights out, any questions, but Jay-Z never tweets. Like he literally does not tweet. And he tweeted um, basically saying, you know, my wife just kills it. So that was amazing. <laughs> um, I don't think that will ever be forgotten because literally the power to the Super Bowl went out after she performed. So. Uh, that's wild. When she announced that she was pregnant with Blue Ivy. Yeah. And the twins. And the twins. Yeah. yeah. Like, full stop. Everyone has to stop. And, like, what is she doing? What's happening? Yeah. And she's smart in the way that she puts it out to, like, that photo. The photo shoots are incredible. Yeah. Everything that she does is super strategic. There's always typically a meaning behind it. She doesn't just do stuff just to do it. She definitely has a strategy with everything that she does. Mm. Do you have a favorite Beyonce song? I have two, which is the Flawless Remix and then Diva, I think are my favorite. And they just get me hype. I just love them. <laughs> Whenever I'm like, I used to watch the the music videos of her, um, the Diva and Flawless Remix, I think has a music video. But I also used to watch the Super Bowl performance every time uh, we were getting ready for our dance concerts just to like get in the just to get yeah get in so the mindset hyped. and just own like she just owns the stage when she performs and yeah. so before i went on stage i always just watched it and i just got in the mindset of really just being in the moment and owning um the performance oh my gosh i remember you telling me 
that you were, which album was it that you were listening to in the car every time you were driving? Oh, it was Homecoming. Yeah. Yes. After that happened. Oh, the Homecoming live one. Yeah, the live one. I'll listen to it in the car. Oh, yeah. So I'm obviously a part of the Beehive Facebook group, but they posted the um, performance on face on the Facebook group before the actual album came out um, on iTunes. And so I was listening to it all the time just on Facebook as a video. And then it's funny because then the album came out and I just knew the whole thing before it even came out because I was already watching it like as a Facebook video. So I was super excited that it was coming out as an album and I could access it on iTunes instead of on Facebook. Yeah, that's like um, it's like how musicals happen a lot of times, like a Broadway musical. You'll yeah. hear the track to it or you'll see footage of it. But then, you know, at before it's actually released as an official. Right. Like, how Hamilton was. Right. Oh, um, so I guess we're going to talk about the the VMAs. The 2009. Yes. Incident. Yes. Because I know you brought that up last time you came and were on the show. And it actually shocked me because when I think about that incident, I don't think about it as like between Taylor and Beyonce. I think about it as between Taylor and Kanye. Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. But because of that, I think now Taylor and Beyonce has such a good relationship. I know Beyonce sends Taylor Swift stuff for her birthday all the time. Um, Taylor Swift typically shares it on Instagram. And so now they just have a relationship out of that moment, which was, I'm sure, tragic for Taylor Swift. Um, But definitely Kanye was a big part of that. I think that was was huge that her response, like you said, she's always been about empowering women. And I love that so much. And I think that she modeled that in a really mature way for Taylor. And there's things that I like Taylor has made a lot of efforts in uplifting female artists and supporting artists in general. But um, I think that that could definitely be something that was, I don't want to say learned solely from Beyonce, but that that was a really good example that she set and how she responded to that situation. Like how sweet that they were able to bud this beautiful friendship from that, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing that's awesome is she's just, you know, based on principle and foundation, she knew what the right thing to do. And she also was empathetic because she could um, relate to Taylor Swift when she was the age that Taylor Swift was and having that such a huge moment in front of uh, a Grammy audience and knowing what that meant to Taylor Swift. And it was taken away from her uh, by Kanye West. So just giving her that moment because I think she had to go on Taylor Swift had to go on stage and perform after that. And I'm sure um, just, it probably affected her so much and then she has to turn right back around and go perform and well, act like and nothing even happened throughout the years honestly and the whole like that's been a whole back and forth with we don't really need to get into it yeah <laughs> yeah but, like a lot of nastiness that has affected her grammys recently beyonce won that uh the, the biggest record of all time i yeah. texted you do you remember that yeah, I do. I'm not surprised though. It's just she's just great. She honestly. won the record for the most Grammys of any artist ever. Yeah, it's insane. And when she did, I don't know, did you watch it? I did not. I didn't watch it this year. Yeah. Taylor was so happy for her. Yeah, I'm sure. She I'm was sure. just like grinning. You could tell she had a mask. she had to have that mask on. <laughs> yeah. But she was like so 
genuinely happy. You could just tell. And I was like, oh, I love this so much. And I was so proud. Oh, I cried like crazy, actually, because she brought Megan Thee Stallion up with mm-hmm. her because they did the remix together. Mm-hmm. And so Megan Thee Stallion won uh, a Grammy as well. And she was like, this is my idol. This is who I grew up or listening wow. to. <laughs> And she was like, to be on this moment with my idol winning a Grammy. Yeah. For real, it's like choking me up right now. Like, yeah. It was like so special to see them share that and for Beyonce just to be like so happy and supporting her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is amazing. Is there a song that if you wanted someone to, to become a Beyonce fan, you would tell them to listen to I feel like everyone's heard a Beyonce song, but you know how the pop hits or like the songs that are on the radio are often not always your favorites. Yeah. Like it really bothers me that at parties they'll frequently play Shake It Off like three times during the party. And I'm like, I just did a song ranking of like all of Taylor Swift's songs and there's like (laughs) 196 or something. And Shake It Off ranked like 90th for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying it's not a good song. It's just like, you know, the artist has a lot of other better stuff so is there one song or maybe just an album in general that you would say i think one of them for sure run the world i think that's that's a good one it's just like us women we do this okay we keep this world moving and don't y'all forget it yeah that Um, that song gets me hype i listen to that in the gym when i'm working out it's on my female empowerment playlist yeah it's it's literally amazing and so is independent women yeah um i also really like exo and that was on her um self-titled beyonce album that came out i think before lemonade and it's just a really like loving song that it just really makes you feel appreciative of your family and the people that you love oh i don't think i've heard that one that's the album that i think i've listened to the least you're saying the one that came out before lemonade yes yeah yes and it's called exo it's so beautiful it's so beautiful i'll have to go listen to it yeah thank you for the recommendation well i guess we'll wrap things up with we didn't do the fearless feature at the beginning we're gonna do it at the end because that's just how things played out today we were going to talk about be good which is beyonce's what would you call that Nonprofit. yeah it's a nonprofit foundation that she started back in 2013 just to inspire people to get back to to the community and I know she's always been adamant on giving back to the black community so just encouraging people to give back through this foundation I know she uplifts different small businesses different organizations through this be good foundation so there's a lot of different things listed on her website. I think it's Beyonce.com slash be good. And you can see the different things that they do. I know recently she gave back to Houston, I believe, when they had those really bad storms this past year. She went out and, you know, helped the community since she's from Houston. So she really Houston, does Texas, a lot. Houston, Texas, baby. Yeah. Um, she really does a lot. And she's not. Some artists are super. I guess in the media showing a lot of what they do to give back to the community. But again, the one thing I love about Beyonce, she just does it because she wants to, and she doesn't really seek any media attention because of it, but she has a whole foundation that people probably don't even know about. And this is what she's doing. I want to say in her free time, but 
she, she probably not, doesn't have any free time but free she's time. literally doing this she works yeah non-stop. and she's a mom of twins and she's just amazing oh i just duh we were talking about vmas iconic moment single ladies oh yeah we the iconic moment yeah yeah the iconic yeah like, i think that was definitely probably one of the the transition in her career that took him took her from like great to greatest mm-hmm. oh Ugh, like everybody everybody had to learn that yeah it was so good and it's at weddings now i mean people use it as they're um throwing the bouquet to their um the wedding guests uh mm-hmm. so yeah it's, it's iconic. culture changing is there something you can don't sorry i'm like jumping back and forth but is there something you can donate to for be good like can you donate to them I think that it takes you to the different organizations that they support. Right. And so it's so more you, of a connection. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That makes sense. Like a hive, if you will. That's right. The beehive. <laughs> oh, well, I guess that's it about Beyonce. Yeah. She's amazing. Just know that she's always working hard, doing something. She's always got something up her sleeve and then bam, there it is in front of the world. And it's like, what, how, how did you do this? How did you come up with this? And when we have the same 24 hours in a day, how did you actually do this? That's uh, like, I don't, I mean, I'm assuming you don't know a ton about Taylor, but that's how Taylor Swift fans feel. Like we're like, how the hell yeah. did you pull this off? Like, during a freaking pandemic when everyone else was just like struggling to make it to the day to day. Well, except you who started a business. <laughs> I try to do my best. <laughs> but anyways, most of us really struggling. Like Taylor made two albums and re-recorded an album. Wow. She did three albums. That's amazing. During the pandemic. Like what? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So I'd say she's always working too, but yes, Beyonce has worked her her butt off and deserves every bit of success. And I love that she tries to share that success and successfully does. I'm saying success a lot. <laughs> she successfully shares her success. And reminder to support Akira's business, all the plans on Etsy. She has digital planners digital organizers budgets they're amazing um and thank you, can, you. <laughs> you're welcome you deserve it you can actually open them on like a pdf editor app and use one of those stylus pens and click and like write on them and stuff so it doesn't have to be typed on the computer that's something you were showing me recently yeah it's pretty awesome you can open them on like an ipad or a tablet that you have it's very functional and then like there's grocery lists, I think, for like healthy eating and yeah, um, general productivity, like calendars, um, meal planning, meal prep, shopping, organization for all the things that we are buying online and forgetting about until they come to the door. So that's a super popular one. And then obviously just the financial ones are super popular as well. I think people are, especially out of the pandemic, trying to really um, tackle their finances and get in a better standing to be prepared for the next time they may be faced with any hardships. Yeah, that's a good point. So all the plans on Etsy and they're on Instagram as well that you can just follow on Instagram, but you can shop the planners on Etsy. And then Akira also has her bookstagram engineers read too. If you want to follow that for amazing book recommendations that will very likely change your life. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. I'm still I'm still freaking out about that one book that we read in book club. What's Sula? No, no. Well, that one was wild. That one was wild too. Oh, The Revisioners? The Revisioners. Yeah, it's so good. You guys have to probably Highly read recommend that. that. As a fi- if you if you like fiction, definitely read The Revisioners. I just I It's amazing. <laughs> Mind blown. It's it's really good. And especially if, I think for me as someone who likes something that's a bit more fantasy and sometimes a little sci-fi. Yeah, I think you would actually like there's a book that I'm reading right now. It's called um Kindred by Octavia Butler. So she was the first, I want to say first black woman to have a sci-fi-ish novel published. I can't remember the year, but it's a pretty old book. And essentially what it is, is the main character, she is pulled back in time to another character that keeps getting hurt. So it seems like every time he gets hurt, she's pulled back into um, time. And it's actually during slavery. And she is on the plantation of her ancestors. And it's really amazing. So you would probably like that. Yeah, I would love that. That sounds great kindred okay i'll check it out and i just had one last question for you which was did you listen to the episode that came out that was your fearless feature yes of course i did was it weird to it is so weird listen to myself talk what did great episode but very odd and it's funny because my husband so he's used to listening to himself talk and every time he does it i'm like how do you do that that's just it's so awkward I hate it. And I have to edit these podcast episodes. So by the time they come out, I'm like <laughs> over it. I'm sick of this shit. Yeah. But I was wondering if you thought it was weird to hear yourself talk oh, back yeah. and it be like on a thing that's out there in the world. In the world. Like, it's yeah. crazy. I just I, I don't think about it because it just makes it even more awkward for me. So, yeah, I hope someone likes it. Did you have family and friends listen to it? I sent it to family and friends. I need to check to see if they actually listen to it. I hope so. <laughs> That's so funny. Did you listen to the rest of the episode after the fearless feature? Yeah, yeah. You did? I listened to a podcast on my way to work. So, yeah, I listened to it when it came out. It was recently. It was like last week or the week before when it came out. Yeah, I think think that was last. I think this was last week. Yeah, I think it was last week. Yeah. (laughs) Time loop right now. Yeah, it was good. I was wondering if you would listen to the rest of it or be bored because it's Taylor Swift talk. No, of course I support the whole episode. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we would love to have you back again. We are so grateful that you come on the show and we could do this episode about Beyonce. And if she has new music come out, then we can do another one. Um, But you're always, always, always welcome to come for any type of fearless feature. Thank you so much, Erin, for having me. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Bye.